Welcome to the Axiom Podcast. My name is Joey Brannon, and I'll be your host today, as as was the case last time, I believe, as this is being released. I'm solo today, uh, so this was these are the shorter episodes we normally do. Or not normally. I'd say like once a month or so, we'll bring in a guest. Uh, we're actually recording one of those tomorrow. Excited about having Drew Allen on, and we're also experimenting today. Um, with a live stream of the podcast because we want to be able to do that when guests are here and, and Drew's coming tomorrow. So we're kind of recording this today, uh, getting queued up for that. And there'll be some information in the show notes on where to find the live stream if you're interested in that uh, and the recording. Uh, I don't know why you would want to watch me on video, but uh, tomorrow Cameron will be here, Drew will be here. They're much better looking than I am, and so you'll probably uh, probably better to watch the videos of those than this one. But we're experimenting with the format a little bit and trying to um, trying to do some video recording as well. But today, what we're going to be talking about today, you and I, just the two of us, is going to be delegation for leaders. And delegation is something that we see. The reason I'm talking about it is because it's consistently a struggle for the people on our leadership teams. Uh, we want them to be able to delegate. We want them to be able to accomplish more. We want them to be able to essentially kind of a function as leaders in the business. And, and what that means is that as a leader, you're able to accomplish more than you would be able to do on your own. That's the whole point of building a team. That's the whole point in uh, bringing people alongside you and enlisting them in a vision that you want to accomplish uh, for the business. So delegation is kind of a, it's like a central tenet or a core skill set of being a good leader. And there's others, like we're going we're gonna to talk about time management. That's also on my list of things to talk about because that's another struggle for leaders. We're gonna, uh, we could talk about all kinds of things. We could talk about how to coach up people. We could talk about how to set expectations. We could talk about, there's a, there's a lot of core skill sets to being a good leader. Delegation is one of those that uh, I think it really is foundational to becoming a leader because we see, it, it's been said over and over and over again that you can't take somebody, you can't necessarily take somebody out of the field like your best salesperson or your best technician and promote them into a managerial role and expect that just because they're a great technician, they're going to be a great manager. Just because they're great in the field, they're going to be a great leader back at the at headquarters. And delegation is one of those skill sets that can, for people who are interested in becoming leaders, delegation can be one of those things that will allow, say, a team lead or a team supervisor or a field supervisor to um, to demonstrate some leadership capacity through this skill set of delegation. And when I talk about leadership capacity, first and foremost, what we're talking about or what we're looking for in people that we might promote into leadership positions is a mindset. All right, so it's, it's not the skill so much as the buy-in to a mindset that I want to be one of those people who will measure their success by the success of others. So... As my leader, it's my, not my job to be successful and get the credit. My job as the leader is to make you successful and have you get the credit for things that you're doing um, and to constantly uh, one-up you know, your past performance to enable you to achieve higher and higher levels of performance. And that's, that's what I want as a leader. That, that's kind of a, a calling. Like I feel that within my, 
with my bones. Like I, I want people to be successful and I want to be the person who empowers them to do that. Right. So that's kind of the calling of a leader. And once you have the calling, it's not just enough to have the calling. It's not just enough to know that that's where you want to spend your time. You actually have to develop the skill sets that are going to allow you to do that. Right. So that's what we want to talk about. And that's where we want to spend most of our time today. Um, so in terms of delegation, why is delegation one of those skill sets that we consistently find is a challenge for the leaders on our leadership teams? Why? I mean, it, it, it is universally a challenge. So why is that the case? You know, we're, we're always interested in understanding, like, not just what the mechanics are to get to a certain point, but why is it so hard to get there in the first place? Because that can inform the mechanics of what we're trying to do. And there's a few things that I, in preparing for this and and looking back at our experience for leaders that just kind of jump off the page. And these are going to seem, it's kind of like those uh, academic studies, you know, or the think tank that got paid to do this study. And you're like, really? You spent $3 million to figure out something that was common sense? And so hopefully these sound a little bit like that. Hopefully these sound like common sense. But why is delegation hard, particularly for, for leaders? And when we say leaders, like... You need to you need to also hear when you see when you hear leaders high achievers because that situation that I referenced earlier where somebody is like the best person in the field or the best person in the office and then they get promoted into a leadership position that is so so common we see that over and over and over again and so these people by definition by their past experience and track record they are high achievers yet almost universally, they struggle with delegation. Why is that the case? Well, number one, you have a, uh, you have a choice that you have to make. When you're getting ready to delegate something, or if you, there's something you want to delegate, you're basically choosing to do it the way you want or to accept less than you want, at least in the near term. And so what I mean by that is, I'm looking at something that has landed on my desk or my my computer terminal or what am I whatever. I'm a leader and I'm like so this thing has come to me and I'm like this is something I can do. This is something I do every day. This is something that is pretty routine for me and I know exactly how I want it because uh, I've done it a hundred times, but I don't have a lot of time. Uh, my schedule is kind of packed. This is one of those things that more and more I'm thinking, man, like. I shouldn't be having to do this. It'd be great if I could get this off my plate. And I say, maybe I could delegate this. But if I give this to whomever, Bob, let's call him. If I give this to Bob, Bob's not as good at this as I am. So, so let's say let's say it's a spreadsheet. Like Let's say somebody said, hey, um, your, your boss has said, I really need us to look at where our... Uh, gross margins are on this particular product line. I don't, that's, probably a, that's probably a stupid, silly example. But anyway, and, but what I'm thinking is I know exactly what I would want the spreadsheet to look like. I know exactly how I put it together. I know down not just the calculations and formulas, but I know how I would format it. I would want it to be landscape, not portrait. I would want to make sure that all of the assumptions 
uh, were highlighted in their own section of the worksheet. I want to make sure that all of my dollars were would ha- actually had a dollar sign, and all of my non-dollars, like functional operational inputs, like those didn't have dollar signs, and my percentages weren't point zero three for three percent. It said three point two percent, and I know exactly if I stood back and looked at my finished spreadsheet. I would say, oh, no, that's out of the place. I want to do it. And if I give that to Bob, then it's not going to be formatted that way. The assumptions might not be where I want them to be. Uh, the dollar signs might not have dollar signs next to them. The percentages might be to one decimal instead of two. And when I'm choosing to give this to Bob, I am choosing not to have the output exactly the way I want it, at least not in the near term. That's the caveat. You know, some of you are going to say, well, no, I mean, hell, if I'm going to give it to Bob, Bob's damn sure going to know exactly what I want and how I want it, and I'm not afraid to push back on Bob, and I'll tell Bob he's got to redo it 15 times. But in the near term, it will be faster for you to produce it the way that you want than it will be to hand it off. And that leads to the second point of why delegation is hard for higher achievers. Not only do you have to accept that it's not going to be the way that you want it, you have to face the reality that it's going to take longer than it would take for you to do it yourself. That will become readily apparent when we move into the second part of this short podcast on how to de- delegate, what I call the road to delegation. And uh, but f- and then, and then for right now, it's just kind of an obvious fact that Everybody struggles with this. When that thing lands on your desk and you say, I could do this or I could delegate it. Well, doing it's going to take me 30 minutes. Delegating it's probably, it's going to take me at least 30 minutes. Bob's never done this spreadsheet before. I'm going to go have to find a past example. I'm going to have to dig it out off the server. I'm going to have to share it with Bob. He's going to have to open it. I'm going to have to schedule a Zoom call or look over his shoulder. I'm going to have to explain it to him. We have to answer his questions. When he's done, I don't want to look like an idiot, so I'm going to have to review it. And this thing that I could do in 15 or 20 minutes, if I give it to Bob, is going to take an hour to an hour and a half, right? And we're talking, and again, who are we talking about this whole time? We're talking about people who've already been tasked with the responsibility for leadership in a business. These are people who will never want for work a day in their life. They will always walk in with more work than they have the time in the day to get done. And so f- for everything for them is a time crunch. The leadership, the, te- the teams that we meet with, like every person on that leadership team, none of them are going back to their office after they meet with us and twiddling their thumbs and go, ah, I wonder what I'm going to do for the rest of the day. So this idea, not the idea, the reality that delegation takes longer has real-world consequences for these people. They may not be able to wait uh, for Bob to produce it. They may not be able to adjust the timeline to give it to somebody else and show them how to do it and check their work. And so that's a constraint. You got to kind of, you have to pick your battles. You got to pick the opportunities for delegation wisely. And you have to pick things that aren't staring you right in the face. And sometimes it's just too much work to decide whether uh, I can push back and have this go out, you know, another three or four days to give me time to work with Bob or whether I'm just going to have to get it done myself. And so it's too much work to figure that out. So I'm just going to do it myself. So the reality is that delegation takes longer. You're going to have to find the projects that it fits with. Another thing is that you're going to need to be very nitpicky as opposed to pleasing people. 
And what's interesting is that I've said for a long time, like our business owners, the people who are the primary decisions, the founders, the CEOs, the presidents, the owners of the businesses that we work with, they tend to be pretty non-confrontational. There are a few exceptions, but by and large, they tend to be fairly non-confrontational people. They're not nitpicky. They're not like all up in everybody's business. They're not micromanagers. Otherwise, they wouldn't have built the businesses that they've built. However, when you want to delegate something, your primary concern cannot be, I want this person that I'm delegating this thing to, to like me. I can't, I can't be so concerned about pushing back, about pointing out, well, that comma's not exactly where I want it to be, or, or this isn't formatted exactly like I would have done it. I can't be so concerned about pleasing the person or not offending them that I'll skip over that stuff. And the reason is that when you're delegating, you're literally trying to hand something off so that you don't have to do it anymore. And while it's true that in the short term, you may have to accept a lower level of quality because they're going to make mistakes. Like that's just the reality. Like you're not going to, it's, if you've got 15, 20 years experience doing something, it's highly unrealistic to accept or to, to think that you're going to hand it off to somebody else and they're going to be able to reproduce your 15 or 20 years of experience in one go. So in the, in the short term, you're going to have to uh, except a little bit, but over the long term, that's not what you want. Like over the long term, I want Bob to be able to produce just as good a work as I do. A- actually, over the long term, I want Bob to produce better work than I could. That's really the key. So you're going to have to be nitpicky. Like Bob's going to bring that back to me, and I'm going to if I'm worried about upsetting Bob, if I'm worried about offending Bob, I'm not going to say, hey. Uh, I would normally format this this way, and here's why. It's really important that people understand what your assumptions are in a spreadsheet like this versus what the actual data is. And so we have to format the assumptions differently and put a little note in there that says, hey, all the assumptions are colored in orange. Or, hey, it's really important, Bob, I know it's it may seem nitpicky, but... You have you don't have a dollar sign next to this number, and right next to that is a number that's not a dollar sign. Right next to that is the number of orders, and so for us to be really clear and have people not misinterpret the data, we need this to have a number sign against it, and this to not have a number sign. Or hey Bob, uh, I know it seems kind of crazy when we're talking about percentage points, but I need this out to hundredths of a percent, not just whole percentage points. And the reason for that is because our margins are 7% on a good day. And so there's a big difference between 7% and 7.5%. There's actually a difference between 6.9% and 7.2%. And if we don't reformat this, then nobody's going to be able to see that difference. So you have to be willing to be nitpicky. uh, And the the thing that we find is that we've just got some very agreeable leaders, right? Unsurprisingly, Business owners are pretty good at looking out there at the landscape of their employees and saying, hey, I need to promote somebody into this position, and they're going to be responsible for the success of all these other people. I want to pick somebody that everybody kind of gets along with and likes, and so they'll say, I want, you know, I want Joey in that position. And meanwhile, Joey's like 
the way Joey got to be agreeable was by not being nitpicky, by not, but you know, by be, finding ways to get people to like him. And that may not serve Joey well when it comes to delegation because you kind of have to be nitpicky. The last thing I want to say about delegation and why is it hard for high achievers is that the real issue here is not getting the job done. High achievers are all about getting the job done. But when we talk about delegation, we're not talking about getting the job done. That's really not what we're all about. What we're about, if we're really, if we're really kind of charged to delegate things, is to empower people. What we want to do is take the responsibility and the authority that we've been given, we want to pass that on to other people so that they can do the same job that we would normally do because we have that responsibility, that authority. But now that we've vested in them, now they've got the ability to do that job and they can go on and do the things that we used to do. But that's about empowerment. It's not about getting the job done. And when you wrap your head around the idea that my job as a leader is not just to make sure a certain number of widgets get cranked out, but to also make sure, or actually first and foremost, make sure that the people that have been hired that I am to serve are able to you know, be fully use their gifts and abilities to do the most that they can possibly do, I have to look at my plate and say, there's stuff that they could do. I could do it with my eyes closed, but they could also do it with a little bit of extra effort. And therefore, I'm going to push that over to them and I'm going to empower them to get it done on their own. But most leader, most high achievers rather, most high achievers believe that they were hired to get the job done. And so they're staring this project in the face. They're like, they've asked for this analysis of of gross margin and yeah I could give it to Bob but the most important thing is figuring out the gross margin number so that I'm just going to do it and maybe I'll find another project somewhere down the road to give to Bob and they're more more focused on getting the job done than they are empowering Bob because that's really their calling as the leader so you kind of have to embrace like what am I supposed to be doing here as a leader versus what am I supposed to be doing as a worker bee? And leaders, like long ago, they were tapped for leadership positions because being a worker bee was not their highest and best use. So if that's you, you got to realize you're called to empower people, not to just get the work done. Now, the, the interesting thing is that sometimes you, as the former worker bee who's been called into leadership to empower people, sometimes you may have to remind your bosses, hey, uh, remember, I'm not a worker bee anymore. Like, that's not what you hired me to do. I know you want this gross margin project done and you've given me like, you know, an hour to do it. And so I'm going to have to do it. But you got to understand, like Bob could do this. If you would have let me know about this when you knew about it three days ago, I could have handed it over to Bob and then Bob would get some experience he's not going to get otherwise. And he could be available to do these whenever you'd want. So, you know, the good leaders will push up against their bosses and say, hey, what you really hired me to do was to lead these other people. And the fact that you're giving me work that I have to do because of the time crunch and I don't have the ability to delegate it, that's actually not helping me be a better leader. I can tell you that 100% of the business owners that we deal with, if they had somebody in their leadership come kind of get in their face in that kind of way, saying, hey, this, like, this isn't really what you hired me to do. You hired me to, to delegate. You hired me to empower people. You hired me to make the people under me better. And you giving me this project at the last minute is really not compatible with that. Can we do a little bit better job next time of you giving me some more notice so I can delegate some of this stuff and use it as an opportunity to teach some people how to do some new things? 
hundred percent of the, the business owners that we work with, and I would say universally, like a hundred percent of the business owners who who are worthy to own businesses, who've been doing it for any length of time, would be like, I want somebody who will tell me that. I want somebody who's got the courage to get in my face and say, look, you got to give me more notice because this is a great opportunity to delegate, and I'm missing it because now I got to spend fifteen, twenty, thirty minutes doing something that. I could be teaching somebody else how to do, but you haven't given me enough time. So don't be afraid. Like if you're if you're one of those leaders who wants to delegate, but because of the time crunch, you don't feel like you're ever able to, go push up against your boss. And trust me, I mean, if if they fire you, call me, we'll find a place for you. Right. So I mean, like I'm serious. Like you need to push up against them because that's what they've hired you to do, and they will be grateful. So let's talk about how you delegate. And and I call this the road to delegation. And I did not I learned this from Steve Sullivan, who's a recent addition to our team, and he was hearing us talk about uh, some of the work we're doing with clients. And he said, Hey, I've heard this, you know, there's this model that I've used before that I've learned. And when he told me about it, it made a ton of sense. And I was like, Well, of course, when we're on our A game, this is exactly what we do. When we're rushed, this is exactly what we don't do. When we're intentional, this is exactly what we do. When we're overwhelmed, we don't do this. Right? So, so this approach that Steve brought to the table makes perfect sense, and it's four steps. It's direct, support, coach, and delegate. So direct means that you've thoughtfully put together a process that others can use and it's not all in your head. So when I direct somebody, so the first step is I got to direct you in how to do this spreadsheet, Bob. So I almost said Steve, but we're on Bob now. Bob is my fictional delegatory employee. So Bob, um, I, I've put together this, pro- I, I went through, I actually did this one myself and I took a lot longer to do it because I listed out every step that I went through to build this this spreadsheet, and um, and now I, I've made an attempt to get everything out of my head so that you can follow the process. That's direction. It's basically just laying out the SOP. How is it? How would I do this if I were in your shoes? In your shoes. And then support is the second step. So we direct first, then we support. And support means that you've given the other person some kind of opportunity to work with that process. And then they can come back to you and say, "Hey, like, here's what I need to be successful in this." Like, you're, and that could be that could take a lot of forms. It could be, um, "Hey, uh, you, I, I think you like left out like four steps here because I'm not getting the same result that you're getting, or I'm the software won't let me go any farther, or I gave this to the person and they looked at me like I had three heads." Uh, so support means that. You're you're putting your posi- yourself in a position of humility to support the person. Like you, they're coming to you and they're telling you what you need to do for them so that they can be successful with this process that you've built. And this may sound like common sense, but I can tell you what often happens when we encourage people to delegate is they walk into somebody's office and they put something on their desk and they don't throw it down. They don't slam it down. They don't give ultimatums, but they basically put something on somebody's desk and they say, Hey, I'd like you to do this. Uh, Here's an example of how I did it earlier. Uh, The deadline is in two days versus, Hey, uh, here's something that I'd like to delegate to you. Here's an example I've used before uh, of me doing it before. Here's kind of a step-by-step process of how that example was built. And I want you to go through this, and then I, 
I need you to come tell me what's missing in the process. Or I need you to come tell me if there's anything that you run across in the process that you don't have that you need access to, what is that? And Because I, I know like the first time that you go through this, you're probably not going to be able to make it all the way through given my process. That's just the reality. So, uh, so I, I need to support you in that way. So that's what support looks like. Then coach. Coach is the third step. Coach means that you're watching the results and you're providing some feedback for them to get better. Coach means that you're not out there on the field actually doing the process. You're not out there doing the thing, but you are paying incredible attention. You're watching every single movement. You may be even calling them in. Um, I get real big on sports analogies, so forgive me, but you might be like pulling them back in after the fact saying, um, hey, I saw you do this. Uh, I would have done that. Let's practice that or let's role play that. Or uh, can you show me how you would do that in this spreadsheet? Because that's not what I saw when you handed it off to so-and-so. And and that's really what I need to see. So coach, if you think of a coaching analogy, the coach is not watching from the bleachers. Like they are down there on every play. They are trying to understand what's going on and what needs to change and what the, what the, uh, the opportunities for improvement are. Right. So And then the last piece, delegate, delegate means that you're finally no longer doing the task and you're seeing the results and holding that person accountable for the results. So that's, so we talk about the road to delegation. There's three things that happen before that direct support and coach and delegate. The the point that I've always made and tried to make between about delegation is that it's not abdication and set up this distinction between delegation and abdication. Abdication is, I want you to go over here and do this thing, and I don't want to think about it anymore, and I'm not going to look at it, I'm not going to hold you accountable to it, and I, I blah, 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 you know, blah, 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 I don't want to know, right? Delegation means that I have walked down this road of direct support coach, now I'm handing it off to you, and I'm watching the results. So if we follow the same sporting analogy, once I delegate, like I may not be in the sidelines, I might be up in the press box, or I might be watching from my television at, at home, but I know what the score is. I know what the record is on the season. I know what the strengths and weaknesses are on the team, and I'm watching to see what they can do to get better, or if they make themselves available, or if they ask for my help, what I can do to help make them better. So when we talk about... Delegation, like wrapping up, it's hard for high achievers because it takes longer. It's going to result in a lower quality product in the short term. They're going to have to be nitpicky, which they're sometimes they're uncomfortable being nitpicky because they don't want to micromanage. And really, they have to understand that it's their job to empower people, and that could require them to push back on the folks who are giving them the work and say, you're not letting me do my job. You're not giving me enough time to delegate this stuff to, so that I can empower those underneath me. And, but once you do start the delegation, it's kind of this ramp up where you got to direct, put together the process. you got to support, which means the humility to put yourself in service of the person who's received the process and say, what did I miss? you got to coach them, which means being intimately involved and, and stepping in and saying, hey, I, I see that you missed this. I see that you missed that. Like, how, What do you think you can do to get this better? And then finally, you can delegate it. So I hope that that's helpful. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed uh, going through the process of thinking it through because 
frankly, this is something we have to talk to clients out about quite a bit. And I hope you, that you join his, us here uh, next week. Thanks. <laughs>